How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock. Thanks everybody for joining me once again here. Uh, we're going to do a little mailbag segment here on Tuesday's show and got a lot of responses here for the mailbag, so I'll try to get through all of them. I might not be able to get to them all, but I always. Thankful for everybody who does send in those questions and uh, all the banter back and forth, either via email or especially on Twitter that I get from you guys. So that's always awesome to hear from from all of the listeners out there. Mostly good stuff. Sometimes people tell me I'm a a real dumbass. (laughs) Uh, But that's okay, too. That Twitter handle is at BDPeacock. Email the show, LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. We've got the website, LockedOn49ers.com, for all your needs, and you can find links to where to subscribe. We are on iTunes. Please subscribe and rate and review the show there. And that is the place to rate and review if you'd like to be involved in this Pro Football Focus Edge membership giveaway, that membership worth $39.99 for the year. Could be free for you. Just hit me up with a review on iTunes. You will be automatically in there. Just uh, drop your Twitter handle there so I know who you are, so we know who to give uh, the winning prize to. going to be giving away one of those per week. And I Thursday with Nick, I guess we'll give away that first one because it'll be officially a week that we've had this contest going. So subscribe, rate, review on iTunes to be entered into that PFF subscription giveaway. Let's go to some 49ers news before we hit the mailbag. And let's start with the injury report. Eric Reed is definitely out on Thursday with that knee injury, but won't need surgery. So overall, good news, I think, on Reed's knee. Uh, PCL issue, but not a tear. That's according to Coach Kyle Shanahan. So it could be, uh, could be a week, could be a few weeks, but definitely going to be out here on Thursday. And we'll revisit that next week before week four. Only problem with that is Jimmy Ward and Kwaski Tart, the other guys who will be starting in place of Eric Reed on Thursday. They're both on the injury report Monday. There was no practice Monday, but if they would have practiced, Ward and Tart would have been limited with Ward just as before, being careful with that hamstring injury, and Tart listed with a neck injury. Now, that's a that's a new one for Tart, but he didn't miss any time on Sunday that I saw, so hopefully that's not a big injury and nothing. They're just being careful with him and having a sore neck. And then the other guy on the injury report is George Kittle, who would have been limited, still nursing a minor hip injury from week one, but he also was out there on Sunday, so I don't think that's a big deal. And it's a bummer Eric Reed's out, but like I mentioned on the last show, uh, Tart and Ward played really well, so I'm happy with those guys in there as the starters in week three. Let's get real quick to some audio from Kyle Shanahan. He had a conference call with reporters, and I was critical of how little he ran the ball, and he made some good points. He was asked the question about why not run the ball more, so this is what Coach had to say about the running game. You know, our guys played hard. Our running backs ran well. I thought we um, had a pretty good plan going against their fronts, and our guys blocked well. Our guys ran hard, and um, they did a good job. I was real pleased with the run game yesterday, especially. And the follow-up, which is 
very important is why not run more? Uh, yeah, you can if, if you get more plays. You know, in order to run the ball more, you don't just call more runs. You, you have to you have to get first downs and stay on the field. And when you when you go two of twelve on third down, um, it's going to be pre- and you only have forty whatever plays that we had. It's going to be pretty hard to get those numbers, and unless you just run it every single play, and then it's kind of hard to keep a defense off balance when you do that. But of course, of course, we'd love to run the ball more. We gotta we gotta do a better job all around and able to get that done. So yeah, good point there by the coach. It's obviously a heck of a lot easier to run the ball when you're converting first downs and you have more plays and you're rolling down the field. But then again, he threw the ball plenty on first downs. He had opportunities that weren't necessarily third downs where you're forced to throw third and long, where he could have made that third down play a lot shorter if he would have continued to run the ball. So um, yeah, overall, I mean, I'm obviously not clamoring for Kyle Shanahan's job or anything. I think he's a great play caller. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great fit for this team. Just would have liked to see him run the ball more because it was the only thing that was working. And, and to be honest with you, who cares if you're only running the ball, if it's the only thing that's working? I know for game plan wise and balance, it doesn't really work. But yeah, unfortunately, 49ers couldn't couldn't pass the ball and couldn't keep the chains moving and couldn't. And the funny thing is, even when he dialed up a great play, and, and that's the thing is, he was dialing up good pass plays. But uh Drops by Goodwin on an obvious first on a, on a play that would have become an obvious first down. He dropped it, turned his head to run before he caught the ball right at the first down line. Nobody around him, you know. So it was a good play call, good throw by Hoyer. So it's not all 100% on Hoyer, but then other times Hoyer's throwing the ball directly to their middle linebacker. You know, that's not Kyle Shanahan's fault. So um, yeah, even when he was dialing up good pass plays, they just still weren't working. So that's kind of part of the problem. They got to really clean that up. It's gonna be a long season if they can't throw the ball at all. Okay, let's hit that mailbag uh, real quick. Before we get to the mailbag, I got to remind you guys about Bus.com. Bus.com has launched a new shuttle service from San Francisco to Levi's Stadium. There's also a stop in San Mateo to get you guys over to Levi's Stadium there. There was a $5 introductory rate for week one. The $5 rate is now gone, unfortunately. That was too good to be true for a long period of time. So, And I, I do want to hear from you guys who do did get a chance to ride that bus.com down to Levi's Stadium in week one. But there's still a special deal for Locked On 49ers listeners I'll tell you about in just a second. What these uh, buses are like, though, is very important. So they're coach buses that are air-conditioned. There's bathrooms on board. You can drink on board. You can bring your tailgate gear with you, store it on the bus during the game. So it's really awesome to uh, just forget about stuff. Don't worry about parking. Don't worry about traffic. Ride bus.com down to Levi's Stadium with all your buddies. Have some drinks. There's a bathroom on board. You're riding in style. It's a comfortable ride. No parking. Uh, you know, you don't have to be a designated driver. And then you can bring all your stuff, store it on the bus during the game, and, and have some drinks and just have a good old time uh, heading on down to the stadium and watching the 49ers play. And if there's a whole bunch of riders and you guys think there should be a new route or a stop, you can request that through the website. There's an app that you can contact other riders as well as the bus.com team. And good news for a discount for Locked On 49ers listeners. Use the code LOCKEDON49ERS, all one word. Locked On 49ers is good for 15% off of your next ticket at bus.com. Just use the promo code at checkout. That code is LOCKEDON49ERS for 15% off of your ticket. Just head on over to 49ers.bus.com and ride down to Levi's Stadium with your buddies in style. Okay, mailbag time. And you know what? You guys can drop any questions or any comments anytime you want. 
that Twitter is at BD Peacock or the email LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Also, the Facebook page. Uh, anytime you want, any comments are always welcome. Let's get the mailbag kicked off with an email. This is from Sean. He says, with this being a rebuilding year, what are your thoughts on trying out Trent Brown at left tackle and moving Staley to right tackle at some point this season, given that Brown has emerged into a great pass blocker? This can help capitalize on his strengths and potentially hide some of his deficiencies in the run game. Staley's always been a beast in the run game and maybe matching up with less talented pass rushers will help extend his career. Not sure what it will do to his ego, however. Okay, thank you for the email, Sean. No, I don't think you have to force it. Trent Brown's a young player. He can eventually play some left tackle if that's in the cards for him when Staley's done or if Staley gets hurt. I think right now you leave everybody alone. You're definitely not going to demote Staley, and that would be a demotion for an NFL player to go from left tackle to right tackle. Uh, the, The tackles are fine. I think it's a situation you just don't touch it. Staley and Brown, they're the bookends. Let him go. If you're forced into doing something, I think absolutely Trent Brown would be the guy who would move over to the left tackle if Staley was to get hurt because he's obviously their best pass blocker uh, that would that would be able to move over there to the blind side of that offense. Okay, to Twitter from Stefan. Curious if your opinion, how different is that game if Foster is healthy? Read option hurt a lot, and he has speed to pick that up. Yeah, I think one of the big things Foster would have been able to do is track down Russell Wilson a little bit more often than the 49ers were able to. But at the same time, the 49ers played a great game defensively. In Seattle, they allowed 12 points, only one touchdown. And uh, that was on a fluke play where the 49ers had Russell Wilson sacked and the and Eric Armstead and, and Elvis Doomerville ran into each other and Wilson was able to get free. So... The short answer is no. I don't. Th- they did fine defensively, and and that's awesome. So that's how good this defense could be when Foster is in there, and it'll be awesome to see him back. And I definitely want to see Foster in there. It'll be huge for the defense. But this game, it was all about the offense not putting up enough points. To Mark, who says loved the hard hits from our secondary. If Seattle has the Legion of Boom moniker, what should we call ours? He and he says the Just Hit League. So yeah, kind of a playoff the Justice League. I like that the Just Hit League. That's not bad. Uh, how about the medical award uh, for for multiple reasons? Because wards always hurt, and they go and they hit guys and put them, uh, you know, on the injury list. But uh, yeah, that's uh, how about the thank God our secondary is starting to look better defensive backfield. It's a little bit long. I have to work on that a little bit clunky. So for now, the just hit league. I, I, I'm down with that, Mark. Not bad. Let's go to James via Twitter. He says really impressed with Kawan Williams yesterday. He was flying around. Thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Kwan Williams is awesome. He's been a great pickup in the slot. I was surprised because I didn't know much about him when he's playing with the Browns. And obviously the coaching staff did, and some of them knew him from his days in Cleveland. Brought him over. He's been awesome in the slot. He was flying around at least two pass breakups that I saw on Sunday. And he's been absolutely awesome and impressive in the slot. Big ups to Kwan Williams and to the 49ers staff for bringing him in. Jesus says, all things considered, how long will it take for the offense to gel? You know, that's a tough question. I don't know. Because even in Atlanta, it took one season with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan to really for that offense to take off under Kyle Shanahan. Because the first year, it was a, you know, it was a little bit of a, a grind. It was a little bit of a, a work in progress. And then year two, it was a boom. That offense took off as one of the best, if not the best, in the league last year. So you're talking about much less talented personnel in the passing game and it still is going to take a while, so it, we might not see any really big-time gains in the passing game, 
until 2018. And then even then, if we're changing quarterbacks again, maybe 2019, I don't know. It could be very long before the offense is what you hope it would be like we saw under Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. But at the same time, it should continue to get better every week. I mean, we saw the offensive line play better to week two. The running game is getting better and better and, and looking pretty good now in midseason shape. So hopefully that passing game can start to come along as well by midseason and look like something. And it might be C.J. Beathard time by the time that happens. And then, again, more growing pains for the rookie. But, uh, yeah, that's that's hard to say. I have no idea how long it could take, and it might not be this year. Thomas says, tough for general viewers to see, but is Hoyer holding on to the ball too long or receivers' inability to create space more the issue? Thoughts? Well, um, part I haven't watched the All-22 film of that Week 2 game. I uh, did see the condensed game again and, and watched it. And I mean, like Shanahan said earlier, we heard earlier in the episode, there wasn't enough place for, for anything really to get going. So, um, And Shanahan dialed up good plays. You know, players are open. He didn't tell Brian Hoyer, hey, throw this ball over the middle directly to the linebacker no matter what. You know, obviously. So his play calling is good. And there's guys open. And when they're open, they're dropping the ball. And then Hoyer's sometimes holding the ball too long, sometimes making bad throws. There were, um, in his conference call, Kyle Shanahan said that there were some shot plays that they dialed up to throw the ball long because Hoyer didn't throw a single pass beyond 20 yards. He didn't attempt one pass beyond 20 yards and maybe only two that were beyond 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And Kyle Shanahan said he dialed some up and the pressure got to him before or, you know, something happened with the play and they weren't able to get to those. So uh, it's just everything. They're not, they're, they're not together. They're not looking like a unit. There was like one pass play. It was a, a slant route to Marquise Goodwin, I believe that went for 10 or 12 yards. That was like the only play I saw that was like a timing route to the wide receiver that looked like boom, drop back, back foot throw, and just looked like things were timed up. So the off, the passing offense is just way out of sync. A lot of it's on Hoyer. Um, and so, yeah, they, it's just something they got to work on and got to get it cleaned up. And, and there, there were some receivers that were open and there were some bad throws and, and some bad decisions. So it's, it's really everything. Okay, 904 Niners Nation asks, I'm a little worried about Foster's long-term health. I know it's only one injury, but I have a funny feeling it won't be his last. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been hurt throughout college. That was one of his big knocks coming out of the draft. And he was hurt coming in with those shoulders. I think the good news about this injury is that it wasn't one of his old injuries. It wasn't something that he knocked himself silly. It wasn't a concussion. It wasn't a shoulder thing. It wasn't a broken bone. It was one of those freak injuries where he gets rolled up, and it's not his fault at all. That could happen to anybody on any play, and he gets that uh, that high ankle sprain. It was just a fluke injury. It happens on a football field. I don't think this injury itself is something to worry about for Foster and, and his long-term ability and his long-term health, but it's, it's un, just unfortunate with this injury. But the point is valid because the way he hits, uh, he might have an injury history in his career and because he just he just hits the hell out of people and in, in turn, you know, knocks himself around quite a bit. Let's go to Kruger. Is Kyle Shanahan calling plays for the offense he wants instead of the offense he currently has? Hashtag run the ball. This is an absolutely great point, Kruger, and I think that's what Kyle Shanahan's doing. And he's not, and like I mentioned before, he's not dialing up. It's not like he's calling bad pass plays. He, he's he's calling some great, he had a couple of big shot plays to Goodwin that, that couldn't com- get completed in week one. Uh, Goodwin dropped a ball at the first down marker that could have kept the drive alive where maybe they were able to score a touchdown in this game. So something's not working, and it's definitely not all on Kyle Shanahan. And I think you're exactly right. He's calling good plays that should work 
in an ideal situation. Unfortunately, he does not have the ideal situation personnel to maybe run those plays. And again, that's why, and I agree with you, run the ball. That's why I was calling for him to run the ball more on Sunday. JR asks, how soon will we see C.J. Beathard? Yeah, that goes hand-in-hand with the Hoyer stuff. I mentioned yesterday that I think it'll be something like, I mean, it could be week four. This is the last start that Brian Hoyer is guaranteed to get, in my opinion. If he lays an egg, it'll be three in a row, three out of three. I think the pressure will be too much. You've got to start to see C.J. Beathard. you got the long week to prepare for it. Um, after that, it's probably the bye week, which is week 11, I think. Yeah, week 11 is the bye week. So before that week 12 game against Seattle at home, uh, I would say by week 11, if the 49ers haven't like rattled off a bunch of wins and Hoyer started to look really good, I would say week 11 is the latest we'll see C.J. Beathard. And I think the earliest is him starting week four or possibly even relieving Brian Hoyer on Thursday against the Rams. To Steve via Twitter, he says, at this point, who gets the majority of the blame for the woeful passing game and how can we improve it going forward? I've kind of touched on this quite a bit, and uh, I think, number one, Hoyer has to be to blame. I think Shanahan uh, can only do so much. You can coach guys up. You can call good plays. And look, the offensive line played really well, too, in the second week. So you can't blame the offensive line. And Pierre Garçon is fine. Marquise Goodwin, obviously some drops, so some of it's on him for sure, but he's not necessarily the chain mover guy. You would expect him to be someone who they're taking big plays with. He's opening things underneath, um, and that's just his game. But it, most of it, most of the blame falls on Hoyer. Absolutely, it has to be at this point. And Kyle Shanahan, when he's dialing it up right, it's still not working. To Big Dog via Twitter, is it too soon to dream about a trade for Garoppolo from New England before the trade deadline? I think it's absolutely not even in the realm of possibility to happen because Garoppolo's a free agent after the season anyway, so you're not going to trade for a quarterback midseason on a losing team, and he's going to be a free agent anyways at the end of the year. So if um, if Garoppolo comes to the 49ers, it's going to be as a free agent in the offseason, and maybe there's going to be a situation where they have to trade for Garoppolo then because he'll have the franchise tag put on him by New England, something like that. But yeah, absolutely no chance that Garoppolo... Uh, is on the move mid-season here, and I think that the Patriots are way too much in a win-now mode that they're worried that they wouldn't be able to win if they... And they already traded away Jacoby Brissett, their third-string quarterback, earlier, uh, just before the season started, to um, or after the season started, actually, to the Indianapolis Colts because of Andrew Luck's injury. So they're they're thin at quarterback already, and if Brady goes down, they can kiss things goodbye if they didn't have Garoppolo. So they, they want to win, and they're going to have Garoppolo as Tom Brady insurance, and they might want to keep Garoppolo even after this year. And even if you add a quarterback, it's just so hard. NFL offenses are too complex to really fully integrate quarterback at this point to make a big difference in the season. It would be weeks before he'd be ready to play, most likely, and and be on top of his game and really have a grasp. I mean, most of these guys need a full offseason, and even more than that, to really run an offense efficiently. Okay, where are we at? Let's do one more. Benson via Twitter. With the top three pick looking likely, which position or player do you already have your eyes on? Uh, He mentions Darnold and Rosen, who are quarterbacks. Sam Darnold from USC, Josh Rosen from UCLA, and Harold Landry, a pass rusher from Boston College, Arden Key, a pass rusher from LSU. Those are all four fantastic names. I would add to the quarterback list, Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen is kind of... 
has started the season pretty rough, and he was rough around the edges last year. People were talking about him as a sophomore, a redshirt sophomore coming out at the draft last year. I'm talking about Josh Allen here from Wyoming, and it was pretty obvious watching him that, first of all, he has the talent. He has a crazy huge arm. He's athletic, too, but he just wasn't ready. He's like, no, this guy has got to go back to school. And at this point, watching him so far through a couple weeks here, not against big-time opponents, comes off the same way. It's like, yeah, maybe maybe one more year. Maybe play through your season your senior season, Josh Allen, because right now, you know, people are talking about him as the number one overall pick, and he has those kind of tools, but no, uh, I'm not seeing that yet from him so far, but it is early in the season, still some small samples there. Sam Darnold's my number one guy. I like him a lot. Josh Rosen, I would put third, and I would put Lamar Jackson in there second. Lamar Jackson's tools are just crazy. We're talking Michael Vick style, just his ability to run, and he could just chuck the ball down the field with accuracy, with a flick of the wrist. People are talking about him as a potential wide receiver in the NFL. No, no, he's definitely a quarterback. And I, I love those names you mentioned as pass rushers. Harold Landry definitely fits that Leo athletic edge rusher type, and Arden Key the same way. Those are guys that uh, that could really get off the edge, and I think that's what the 49ers look if on defense. If they're looking for something, maybe a corner, and uh, depending on what happens with their free agents, and you got Tart and Ward and Eric Reed that are all going to be up for free agency in the next couple of seasons, they might have to dip back into the safety situation at some point. But, uh, yeah, I think cornerback on defense and then that Leo spot, the athletic, super athletic edge rusher type because they've got penetrators and interior guys and powerful defensive ends. Now they need that super athletic outside guy. And uh, But right now, actually, I, I liked what I saw from Elvis Dumerville and Aaron Lynch in week two. So those are the positions. Those are the type of players they'd be looking to replace going forward because who knows how long those two guys are going to be around in San Francisco. I would add a couple other names to the list. Dark Horse is uh, offensive tackle Connor Williams from Texas. He actually got hurt recently. I think he got hurt this week. It might be a knee injury. He might be out for a while. But, you know, I think eventually you got to start looking for maybe a stud offensive tackle, maybe a guy who can come in and play guard for a year until he eventually replaces Joe Staley at left tackle. Um, I think you'd be looking at center. I think you'd be looking at guard long-term for this team. Absolutely. Any of those positions on the offensive line. And, of course, wide receiver. Wide receiver, true number one guy, is going to be a big one. Cortland Sutton is one of the names to look out for from SMU. And there's a few other guys I really like. Deontay Burnett from USC. Not sure what grade he's in actually right now. But, yeah, wide receiver is absolutely another position to look out for uh, in the first round or early rounds in the draft next year. Okay, thanks, everybody, for those emails. That's going to do it for me on this mailbag segment on Tuesday's episode of Locked On 49ers. Thanks, everybody, for that. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes rate review the show enter that pff subscription giveaway just rate and review and in that review leave your twitter handle so i know who you are i can get you your winnings if you are one of the winners we'll have that drawing on thursday's show announced for who's winner of this week's pff giveaway all right thanks everybody for listening talk to you tomorrow we're gonna do a face-off a 49ers face-off with locked on rams host brad moderate so that's going to be a good one then we'll talk with nick on thursday do a little quick preview live from levi's stadium on thursday morning prior to that thursday night game against the rams talk to you guys tomorrow on locked on 49ers